0: A lot of people have ideas, you know, and I really do not appreciate ideas anymore. Like it's so easy to discuss this. (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) People think they're brilliant, but ideas are quite easy to have, you know, you just need to read some papers, talk to people and ideas come up, but how to really execute it and how to create something that will generate results, not only financially, but for the goals you have.
1: And welcome everyone to The Real Leaders Podcast, your number one source for impact leaders, harnessing capitalism to sustain the planet, people, and profits. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and that, my friends, was the voice of Bob Manuzzi, the first Latina founder and solo GP of a venture capital firm in Silicon Valley. And on this episode today, Bob's gonna share with you the importance of having like-minded investors on board, the cancer of constant internal ideas, In the foreseeable future of emerging technologies so without further ado ladies and gentlemen please give it up for the real bob manuzzi and we're here in san francisco california with the wise and wonderful bob manuzzi here to talk about how she is redefining wealth a little bit about cryptocurrency today and how she's also leading her ventures, awesome ventures, Babel and Umana thanks for being with us today.
0: Thank you for having me. Really exciting to be here with you.
1: Well, it's great to see you again. We had (laughs) a chance to interview you about a year ago. Yeah. What has changed in in only a year?
0: Wow, you know how this city plays, right? It's a fast pace and in a year, a lot has happened. So Babel Ventures is a biotech fund. It's going extremely well. We now have 17 portfolio companies. So it's a lot to manage with the founders, but it's been great. Awesome Ventures is the crypto fund. We also have a little bit more, 18 portfolio companies by now, and 13 tokens. So exciting, engaging, very exciting. Even with this crazy market that most of people were kind of running away, we're even more committed, and uh, I love to see that. I love to see like all the buzz and people not Uh, staying in an industry that is so promising and we're sticking with this and really seeing the improvement and evolution of the technology and mainly the teams, you know, seeing Mm. them developing themselves. And then Umana is my latest venture. Uh, Umana is a new type of multifamily office and the whole idea is to have wealth redefined. So we are redefining wealth uh, through our family members, which are our clients. We don't like to call them clients just because it's it just goes back to the traditional model and when we say we are their family by choice, uh, we feel differently. We feel that these people really chose us to not only manage their wealth, but to manage their lives and together we really want to have this new idea of what wealth means to them, you know?
1: Right, because so many people when they think of cryptocurrency or venture capitalism, uh, this is like a big misconception of it. How are you redefining like wealth? And how do you use this
0: point of That's a great question. It's very interesting because I think everyone in this industry, if not everyone, most of us, we get into tech and into venture capital because we want to see The change we want to be involved in causes we want to be involved in things that matter and along the way sometimes we lose our like purpose maybe not the purpose but we lose the main cause because there's a lot of things to build along the way you know and with humana and redefining wealth we want to make sure these leaders so it's all about the top leaders in the industry right so like if we have a one individual that is a top leader in blockchain, another one in biotech, another one in clean energy, whatever it is, we want to work with them, and we already work with a few of them, to have, like, what's the meaning of wealth for them, you know, like, to have that clear. So, first thing is, what are you doing with your life, right? Like, okay, you built an amazing business, and you achieved enough capital wealth, but that doesn't mean you achieved your best version right it doesn't mean you're living a good legacy it doesn't mean you're happy with the way you lead and it doesn't mean you're happy with your life so having wealth redefined is really okay what matters to you does it matter to be a good leader does it matter to show up in the office and have the people aligned with your mission and feeling appreciated and committed to your cause or you just want to grow a business and not caring And that was the main thing. Like we see in Silicon Valley, it's fast, and you care less about people on the day by day, and that's wrong. If we can't just build like amazing solutions and change the world for the better, if we can't treat our peers the way they should be treated, you know. I like what
1: you're really what you're saying. Like, what are you chasing? Um, When in your life did you reach that moment where you looked at wealth differently, and when was it?
0: The first time was when I was 24, when I really achieved my financial freedom, uh, back then I was working with real estate and that's when I realized what's the purpose, like I don't want to just buy units, sell units, like fundraise for projects that doesn't have any meaning to me and I switched to venture capital because as I said in our uh, other interview, was I see venture capital as a way of doing philanthropy, a way that you can really measure, you can make Bats in founders that will change the world for the better, so that's when I switched uh, mm-hmm. from just working to really finding a purpose and working uh, with something that is my passion. And then most recently, uh, already like in the VC scene and doing this, I realized I wanted to help more the founders. So as a VC, you are very hands-on. Uh, when you were like an early stage VC, you're very hands-on with the founders, like the co founding team the C-level uh, uh, staff, but you got so involved on a personal level that you want to do more. You know, they're going through burnouts, they, they get so many issues that they can't be vulnerable inside a company just because it's not something we're used to. And that's when I was like, okay, there's something else here. I don't want to just be a VC, that's amazing, but I really want to work for the individual and not only for the company. And that's why Omana came up, just because.
1: So I really like what you're saying. You, you're placing bets on these founders. You phrase that very well. Um, what are some qualities of these founders, these entrepreneurs, that you specifically are looking for? And do they have to already have this redefined wealth, or is that something that you work with them
0: on? Uh, first question: What I uh, need in the founders I interview that I'm, I'm willing to bet on them. Mm-hmm. First thing I would say the capacity of execution. Um, a lot of people have ideas, you know, and I really do not appreciate ideas anymore. Like it's so easy to discuss this. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> it, people think they're brilliant, but ideas are quite easy to have, you know, you just need to read some papers, talk to people and ideas come up. But How to really execute it and how to create something that will generate results not only financially but for the goals you have so having a clear uh, way of executing your idea and then making that a real project and then a business that's what matters to me when i'm first talking to a founder Uh, a lot of people talk about passion like oh i want founders that are passionate about their ideas i love obsession Mm -hmm. like founders need to be obsessed about your projects and not about your ideas like you need to know you'll be working on this 24 seven for a while and you need to be so committed otherwise you'll not deliver anything. So that level of obsession it's super important for me and you can quickly tell if the founder is on that level or it's just ah, you know I can do this almost like on a side uh, business you know. Uh, another thing that I love which is related to the obsession is sense of urgency. So there's two sense of urgency that are important for me. The first one, like the market, if the founder is really coming up with a solution that has a real problem and it's an urgent problem. So that's one side. And the other side is how this founder can deliver uh, this problem quickly, how urgent he or she sees it. And this sense of urgency is so important. Some founders, they just think too long-term and they don't understand they need to be doing right now, even if it's a play that is like deep tech and you need to be developing the technology and then uh, really seeing if you can scale the way you planned. Even if it's a ten year uh, goal, you need to be executing and have a sense of urgency of delivering every week something, otherwise things don't happen, you know? So those are key for me and any founder. Well I think <laughs> you
1: said that great because we just happens. Storyboarding all these ideas about how to save the world and, and you know, reverse climate change or decarbonize or uh, empower you know females and do all these different kind of things. Great ideas, but how are we going to execute them? I think is is the bigger issue. That's it's a really good point that you made. Is there a specific entrepreneur that's really shocked you or surprised you um, in terms of like your bet on them and like your return on their, on your investment?
0: Yeah, there's. Two co-founders in the cannabis industry that they changed my entire way of thinking about the cannabis first and they're just like amazing so what happened was I was not looking at cannabis at all as an investment I just didn't feel it I was not educated about the market so I was still like very close-minded to the the whole scene and those really? founders we were close for the scene you know like it for Yes, but crypto, like it's just when you study crypto and especially like when you read for the first time the Bitcoin white paper, I was just blown away. And then you feel like there is something that was not only needed, but it's well structured in a way we never seen before. And there's like the real trust, again, that we never saw without relying humans. Right. So like just reading the white paper first thing, like first connection with blockchain. You, f- you fall in love if you like the whole thing. And then it's just like a rabbit roll. You keep going and you, you right. like it more and more. Cannabis on the other way, coming from Brazil and it's a country that has a lot of issues because of cannabis and drugs, like the traffic stuff. So I was against, but really against. And I never tried anything before I invested in something. So I never smoked weed, like nothing of right. these things was part of my life. And so I was like, oh, this, is, this sounds wrong. And I was not studying, I was not reading about the, the market just because it was really not following. But as these founders showed up, and of course the market was already booming, it uh, was 2017, no it was January 2018 that he showed up at the office, and they were so well prepared, they were good executors. So the whole idea they had was a supply chain company uh, for the cannabis industry, like bringing from the growers to the dispensaries and having like the warehouse, and they were the first company to have the license in California, so they were thinking ahead. They applied before, they got it, and they were just like, they, it made sense. And that, but I bet on them, and of course, like the buzz around the market. But they made me so confident about what they were teaching me that I was like, okay, I'll bet on them, and let's see how that goes. But as it like, you know, two months later, first. For me as an investor, like the valuation was already like three times more, then five times more, then 10 times more, just like in less than a year, 15 times more, like a little bit more than a year ago, uh, a year later. And the industry with all these um, not so well-structured players were getting out of it and they were taking over. So they bring some professionalism to an industry that was not used. And they opened my mind in other ways, too, because then I was like, OK, I want to understand about edibles. How does that work? So they took me to the dispensaries. They showed me all these dispensaries. I was blown away. I was like, "What? This is how it works? It's like a, right. it's like an espresso store." You know, like so sophisticated these days. And i like, well, I had no clue. And then you keep seeing the people that comes in. Is everyone like us, like working hard and just need a break sometimes? It's just, and it's way better than going to a bar. So when I realized, I'm like, "Wow, people will still drink alcohol when they could just." have an edible and feel great the other day, you no know, hangovers and feel relaxed and just it made so much sense. And then all the mad- medical side as well, it opened my mind. And then, of course, studied, learned. And I was like, wow, because of these founders, it changed the whole thing. And now we have like four investments in the cannabis industry because of the way they acted. So some, wow. sometimes, yeah, founders understand the responsibility they have. But it's not only about them and the company they're building. Sometimes you're opening an entire market for other investors, and then we have other companies coming just because of that example, which turns to be always leadership again. Because you're such great founders, they can inspire not only the team, but investors and everyone in the space. I
1: think it's a really good point about the investors that you're bringing in. And we had the opportunity to speak with one of those investors, um, not on that specific project, but uh, her advice was. Really important to know the other investors that are investing in the same company because yes. that can make or break a company. Um, is it? You know, can you talk on like how important it is um, to get to meet other investors or kind of learn about why they're investing in the company and and how that can really make or break a company?
0: It's super important in the VC game because we rely a lot on follow-on rounds, more than break-even. So if you are not in San Francisco, not in Silicon Valley, like Brazil, uh, Scandinavia, wherever it is, you don't need to play so hard the rules. But here, you need to have follow-on rounds. Like here, you have so much capital. There's an abundance of capital. I think it's 132 billion of VC funds ready to deploy. So it's like a lot of money to, to invest in this. Space, and so the founders they need to understand that they need to grow faster than average than other places, and with that they will get a better valuation, and that's why the co-investors matter so much because if I'm signing the first check, so if I'm a pre-seed and then I'm signing again another check at a seed level, normally the growth stage VC's they don't come that early, and I need to be developing the relationship right away, so I need to be talking about. NABIS, like the supply chain company uh, in cannabis that I mentioned right away to know that maybe nine 12 18 months later these big checks will come in because they know this company exists and then you can see how this uh, it's playing you know so if you don't have those type of connections first as an investor it's tough because you'll not be able to help much your founders right and second, even like in the strategies and hiring and everything else, as a small fund, there's just a few things you can really deliver because you have a small team, you know. As a big fund, you know you have insane value to add to these companies, uh, especially as they grow. So it can help so much in hiring, like legal structure, take out a lot of fees that they would be spending with lawyers. Like it's just like so helpful, and you want those great visas. That you know they will help your companies, and you'll not be alone doing the whole work. Right. You know? That
1: they have more experience in this space is definitely important. And more capital, right? More capital. You Stay need the big checks. Space. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, have you found that more VCs are also trying to lead with their money and also trying to re- redefine wealth? And is that an important part
0: of look looking into? I don't think we're, we're there, there yet. yet. No, no. I think. I think it's tricky because. The VCs are thinking that way, they're more on the impact investing side. And the traditional great return VCs, they look down on impact investing VCs. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like if you say, if I have purpose and I care about the world, I don't make enough money. I, I wouldn't make enough profits, you know? It's My right, returns will be yeah. lower. Through the database, it's not true. Like, impact invest- investing funds are doing good. But I think it's the way impact investors pitch themselves about caring too much about the world. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're not used. When people care too much, it's almost like a red flag for everyone, anyone that is like real capitalist, because you think like, Ugh, something is wrong there, something is off, even if it's not. It's just our preconception, you know, like we've, we were used to see people that do good doing money, you know, and you see people that were greedy Doing tons of money, and it's changing. But it's a whole perception and execution thing. Like maybe 10 years from now, we'll be insane to think that those those greedy folks were the ones that were succeeding. If we could do better, you know. Well, I think
1: that's great for our audience, you know, listening to this, because I'm sure many of them are social entrepreneurs or aspiring social entrepreneurs, you know, with that mindset of creating that impact, whatever that means to them. Um, But I like that advice to know if they're going to do a pitch or something like that to be focusing mm-hmm. on the numbers and the returns for these investors. Um, the way I like to think about. Even like for them, good. as
0: a social entrepreneur, you don't want to just do good. You want to do good and know how does that translate in results? So you need, you need measurements, right? Mm, right? A lot of social entrepreneurs and a lot of entrepreneurs in general, they just don't think about the results, the end goal, and you need to. And if you have that, you will impress any type of investor and i think you need to combine both as a social founder like you need to have the impact investors because they really will be more aligned with your thesis but you need to have like the traditional vcs and traditional money just because they will make you grow faster probably the same like vc game that i mentioned before
1: right and i like to tell our audience like you should be looking at
0: Yeah, so what I advise is finding your own metrics. I think we still try to use benchmarks and in this industry we don't have a lot. So if I want to do good with blockchain, uh, okay, I want to use blockchain, like our tagline at Awesome is blockchain as a tool for social change. Okay, what does that mean? What are the causes I want to see? Uh, What are the, the causes I want to really see results in my world so let's say it's empowerment it is uh, financial play and it is uh, that's okay that's enough so and then we use uh, the empowerment can be anything as ID so I think we, we talked about that in our previous uh, interview but in Brazil a lot of people still don't have an ID so they don't, can't have a bank account they can't have any type of financial transaction, otherwise they have friends that have those things. So if you have a play like an ID that is on top of blockchain and you can uh, use that to show that you is you in a place that you never really existed as a person, then you have your uh, this individual empowered, you know, empowered because first he really exists for the system, he can have, he or she can have a bank account and just do these transactions and everything. Right. So that's and even like buy a house later on, like have a job that is paid to your real bank account instead of cash. So things that is still exist in that in the real world, especially in developing countries, uh, could be fixed with blockchain. And if I'm, I just want to
1: add. <laughs> no, i sorry, I cut you off. But um, I think what Jeremy said on our podcast is very critical. He's saying blockchain. Fundamentally, is revolutionary. Fundamentally, that's just what it is. So yeah. I think all these impact companies, it just you don't have to like virtue signal that you're doing these great things, but in your own DNA, in your own company, you are creating that impact. For instance, um, genetically modified uh, organic products. Or sorry, that didn't make sense. Gen- genetically modified crops. <laughs> uh, yeah. Person who invented that, uh, all the pollination, and all the stuff I don't know about. Um, saved over. Millions of lives because they're able to grow crops faster and they're genetically Yes. Now it's looked like a bad thing, but when I'm trying to find a good company versus a bad company, it's, sometimes it's really hard to do because that guy saved millions of lives. McDonald's is putting you know meals on you know uh, food on plates for so many uh, low-income families and people like myself who love burgers. Yeah. You know <laughs> how, how do you distinguish a company that's that's good and bad? So I guess the question I have for you next is um, for Block. How are
0: you using blockchain? DNA for you? So, I think the, the things I was saying about empowerment, uh, transparency, trust, like these things are important for us at Awesome. And that's how we're trying to play our role. Uh, it doesn't mean we're really doing it yet because most of the companies we see are not there yet because the technology is not there yet. So, we see a lot of DOs. Uh, coming from social entrepreneurs and that would have the impact we want to see but then when it comes to measure and understand like the timeline to that we don't see it happening uh, before the end of our fund so our fund is seven years and everything we invest and we have we have this mission of seeing the change like seeing the change uh, using the blockchain technology until 2027 so anything we do that we invest in crypto we need to see if there's a real uh, tangible result before 2027, 2025. And it's coming up, it's it's fast. And that's the thing, like we, people think it's like, oh, it's forever. No, like we manage funds and our thesis is for this fund. I need to deliver in 2025. If I don't, it was just like a lot of saying, a lot of talking and a lot of action, right? So we need to be picky in the founders, like with the companies we invest. But let's say going to transparency and trust, there's one company called Three Story, which in fact, uh, it's super aligned with everything because she's a woman founder. So first check, like we're investing in a woman founder, that's something that I, I care a lot. Second, it's about transparency and trust. Like we live in a society that is really hard to trust people these days you know especially now with bad blood and all these scandals we see in silicon valley true story was born to do due diligence in tech companies mainly crypto companies uh, and have uh um people checking right away so you have this platform that if you tell me that you were kevin and you uh lead real leaders and blah 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 and I don't know you, I can quickly put information out there and people will tell me like, yeah, I was really interviewed, so Oprah, Leo, they can all say like, yeah, this cover is real and I was there, it's not a fake cover and stuff. And the same people could say, no, it's not, blah, blah, blah. So you create this trust platform for any uh, type of due diligence, you know, which these days is hard. Like we have social media, which half is a lie, and you have people also like talking a lot of lies these days and information that are not checked. That finally we could have this easy way of uh, trust of trusting information, you know.
1: So I like that. And just to add on to that, what Jeremy was saying, sorry, he was of course. Before cryptocurrency, or I think it was cryptocurrency. Yes. so without going through the bank so that's revolutionary That's, that's pretty interesting um, the skepticism is how do you regulate something like this obviously cryptocurrency was used you know the black market you could do something like that people that are mining them for a long time they will be have a lot of wealth if it goes that way with the crypto with a with a Bitcoin, Bitcoin right? yes. so like where do you stand on that?
0: So it's just there's a lot of different classes inside crypto, right? You have like the tokens, you have the security tokens, you have the equity side, which is like venture deals, and I'm more on the venture side. So like when we talk about True Story, that company, it's a platform, but it's an equity investment. What that means is I'm not buying token, I'm not buying a security token also, but I'm investing in a company that uses blockchain technology for good. Uh, so I'm I'm a big believer of betting founders and tech, right? I see technology as like the real uh, change, like massive change so I'm on that ba- uh, box or basket and tokens and like crypto and mining like the whole buzz that we see in this space first I think security tokens are doing a great job for us because we'll see solid industries like real estate and even exchanges maybe combining uh, their work with security tokens. So that will be great. It will be just a new asset class, regulated, and it it just makes sense. And then the real tokens that they say, like the ones that go through an ICO, I think that's the most challenging side of crypto markets these days because Most of these founders, they launched an ICO, they didn't have a lot of experience in founding companies, they raised enough money, they don't have a real structure, the technology sometimes or most of the times, is not there for them, It's not there yet for them. So it's taking forever to deliver something and then the market is getting frustrated and not very optimistic anymore. But the good news is you always have great teams. You always have great leaders that will deliver and those will save. So the same thing that Navis founders did from in cannabis will have a few folks in crypto that they will deliver something so special that will keep the market growing. So
1: will change your mind that I really like what you said. don't get why people are so quick to judge something that's just starting out and sometimes you need to have a long-term perspective on something like this. Um, do you think long-term uh, thinking and long-term leading is the important quality of a
0: entrepreneur or a founder? Yes, you need to have like long-term vision but you need to know half of it will not happen as you imagined, you know. like You need to have this idea of how things would play out. But in the end of the day, it's all about the short uh, term execution, like every week, every month. And that's uh, it, it changes so quickly when you're building something that is tech uh, backed, you know. And what I think about people in general, like the resistance with crypto and the whole industry it's just normally we are traditional. Normally, we we like to have an iPhone and the tech efficiency for a lot of things but it takes us a while until we really feel it even like Uber when we were talking about not uh, seeing the transaction right was a big challenge in the beginning like how come you go inside a car without getting your wallet trusting someone you don't know it's just the whole thing doesn't sound right at the beginning and now you can't think another way right like now when you're getting a cap, we are like, fuck, I need to have money. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't have cash. Like, I don't care. Cash is it? it? So it's just that we are resistant. We are conservative most of the times, even the most uh, open-minded and visionary. Like, it takes us a while to get used to a new technology if it's not something we understand deeply, you know? And I think it's a matter of time for everything. Well,
1: you're definitely the most
0: Yes, especially, like I'm the first uh, Latina to be a founder and solo GP of a venture capital firm here. So as uh, I was saying about responsibility, I know I have this big responsibility for the entire South America. Like I don't want to mess up. I'm a leader for them in this industry. So they, uh, they're they looking up to me. Like they want to follow what I'm doing and they want to see how things go here. and it's just something no one was doing not even like men or women like they're not coming to Silicon Valley to do a VC firm so I understand my responsibility as a leader for that and then internally of course like you need to be inspiring every day you need to be committed to your team and to your purpose otherwise they don't stick with you you know.
1: And you just mentioned you have a 20 year old working for you right now what advice do you give them?
0: Hmm. He's brilliant. I think I'm getting a lot of advice from him. He's so well-structured. But what I feel uh, working from him for a year now, and more than a year, and advices I gave to him was mainly like to pay attention to what he's feeling because he's young. And sometimes you just, you do stuff, you know? And you're not paying attention, like, how do you feel? Do I like this job? Like, where am I going with this? And we very often uh, check how is he going and why he wants to be with Awesome, you know, and he's committed. He could be in any other firm, he could be building a company by himself, by now he has access to all these deals, all these investors, but he's just committed to the cause, you know, he thinks what we're building is really special and to any young or anyone, I think checking in, like seeing like how do you feel with your role and what you're doing, it's super important.
1: Well, Bob, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. We talked about you. how you're redefining wealth, a little bit about cryptocurrency in there, and then lastly, um, some advice for the next generation. Um, Bob, Real Leaders Magazine. <laughs> What's your definition of a real leader?
0: Whew. A real leader is someone that is committed to a cause and is able to inspire others to come along. Uh, so, real leaders, they create New leaders, they don't create followers.
1: Right? Love that, Bob. Well said. <laughs> Thanks for your time again. Awesome speaking with you. Um, and Thank folks who you. are listening out there, go out there and do like Bob says be committed to cons and inspire followers along the way. Thanks for being with us today. Bob and Newsy, everybody. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>